You're listening to the Women as in Art podcast, and I am your host, Leah Schrager. Hello, and welcome to our next episode of Women as in Art. Today, we have Laura Weil, who I am so excited to have on the podcast. She is an incredible artist. Um, Her Instagram is metametagasm, and I'll put that in the show notes. So quickly, her artist biography is that Laura Weil, aka Metagasm, is a New York City-based filmmaker, photographer, and multimedia artist. Her art explores sexuality, the urban landscape, and analog image manipulations to create visceral, poetic, visual worlds. She has been exhibited in galleries and event spaces, including Art Basel Miami, HG Contemporary, Mana Contemporary, Karst Gallery, Untitled Space, Franklin Streetworks, Super Chief Gallery NYC, and Domicile Gallery LA. She has large-scale public murals in London and has served as Director of Visual Identity for The Box NYC and London since 2016. Laura studied media arts at Wellesley College. Welcome, Laura. Hey, good to hey. be here. So nice to see you again Thank after you. after uh, all the changes we've been through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We'll talk about them. Yeah. It's an exciting time. Um, why don't we just jump right in and I'm going to ask you, what do you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities for women now in art? Well, I think right now is an amazing time for women because we're, you know, people are kind of being woke to, you know, women's art and that we're sort of on the stage and we're getting a lot of grants from funds and there's women's grants. But I think also like the wokeness is one of the biggest challenges for us because mm-hmm. in being so woke, uh, I think a lot of, you know, people that are putting money towards art, you know, they're all about women's issues, feminism, um, blah, 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 but they're not really actually opening up to the experience of being a woman. I still find that like nudity is completely still censored. It's very hard to like actually Mm -hmm. describe the experience of sexuality and womanhood without being pigeonholed and kind of shoved aside. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like, in my opinion, the biggest and most real part of being a woman. So I feel that like mm-hmm. a lot of, I call it pink washing, like a lot of this <laughs> <laughs> feminist, uh, like art, you know, resurgence and like a lot of the, um, kind of pandering to, uh, feminism that we see in like bigger institutions and big galleries are focusing on, you know, like kind of more political calling out of patriarchy and it's very kind of combative and it's very hard mm-hmm. to find a lot of examples of work that really speaks to what it is to be a woman, sexuality, what it is to have a vagina, what it is to give birth, um, what it is to be a mother and actual, the experience of actual motherhood. And I still find myself and found myself when I had a child at a loss for work and examples like in mainstream or even like fringy art world that actually show and talk about, you know, motherhood and, and also like yeah. ownership of sexuality. So I, I think there's a lot of like pandering to like, I, I, I look at a really concrete example of uh, like the NFT world and how they're um, 
accepting women's because, you know, there's, there's all this talk about how 20% of, you know, women, uh, or there's only like, what, what was it? I think it was like, 10, I don't remember the exact statistics. It was like, there's like 2% of the, the work that's selling is women's art or something. So they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, make this one woman's thing wildly successful. And it's called world of women. And it's like all of these successful female artists, like from, you know, the ages celebrating femininity, but it's like, is that celebrating femininity or is that just total bullshit pinkwashing? Not, no <laughs> offense to World of Women. I think it's great, but it's just like, that's okay. That's the one female art, like female run art NFT collective that's accepted into the big sellers. And it's like, to me, that's pure pinkwash, you know, um, mm -hmm. because it's just like, okay, well, let's actually do something that's Either it's either, in my experience with the like the art world in general and big arts funds and what they're giving grants to, it's either going to be something like World of Women that's like celebrating women, or um, or it's going to be something that's a woman artist but has nothing to do with femininity. It's like she paints dots, and you know, it's like Kusama's huge right now. She's a woman artist, but there's nothing at all controversial. Or I mean, you can say it's about femininity and the way she paints her dots are feminine, but it's like totally acceptable. There's nothing, you know, it's like the people are sort of skating on either one side or the other of like actually the the experience of the feminine. So. Mm. Wow, that's like the best answer I've ever heard. It's just <laughs> you just like encapsulated all the good and bad things about. I want to actually happening. bring up one other story that uh, yes, kind of um, I wanted to say about this. And I don't know if I was answering another question, but, but this, I'm kind of, kind of a little fired up about this topic. So recently yeah. in New York city, I was walking past a bus stop near my house and like, I noticed this bus campaign and it was like really caught my eye because it was like this, it looked like to me, this woman that was like in, it was like her breasts were almost out. And this is on a public bus campaign. It said it was from public arts fund. So this is like a publicly funded arts campaign on buses in New York city all in front of all children. It's like on a path to school and stuff. And I was kind of shocked by it because I saw it was like, I was like, wow, this is incredible because it was like this woman with a, she had been like, like um, what's it called? When you put plaster on someone, it's like a plaster cast. And she was like yeah. naked with this plaster cast of like her breasts and her body. And it was very sexual and very like, wow. very, you know, biting. And like, it made me like, it made me feel feelings about sexuality. And like, I was like, wow, this mm. is public arts funded on a public bus. Like, this is amazing. Like maybe the art world's opening up. So I took down the name of the artist and I took down the name of the thing and I went home or whatever, I went on my phone and I looked it up. And it turns out that that was a transgender artist. Now, I liked mm. the art. No offense to the transgender artist. Her name was, hold on, I have it up here. Um, after all of our technical difficulties, I may, oh, it may have gotten <laughs> lost. But I think her name was um, Mariana, oh, God, hold on, I have it. Uh, I have it. Martine Gutierrez. So, oh. um, and she's a transgender artist, and she had this thing called Anti-Icon, which I also thought was really cool. And I was like, I thought at first when I looked at it th that it was like this anti, you know, like put pigeon holding woman, anti, you know, patriarchal capitalist woman thing. And then I look it up and of course it's a transgender artist. And I was like, I fucking mm -hmm. rolled my eyes because I was like, of course, the first time that mm -hmm. I've ever seen a public arts fund embrace sexuality, it's a transgender woman. And to mm -hmm. me, that really upsets me personally, because like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I support, I have lots of transgender friends. I support transgender. I think transgender being a transgender is great. I have nothing against it, mm -hmm. but I do have, I do have a problem with um, people co-opting femininity and then the major arts institutions accepting their version of femininity, which 
was mm-hmm. sort of chosen. They didn't have to give birth. They didn't have to have a period. They weren't raped when they were 13. You know, it's like, and maybe they were raped, but they weren't raped in their vagina. You know, it's like, like they don't, they didn't have to, it's sort of, to me, it's kind of like blackface. And I hate, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'm probably going to get crucified by anybody. I probably get some hate mail for this, but I'm just saying it like it is because it's like, um, I had to deal with a lot of things as a woman. You know, I grew breasts when I was eight years old. And um, I, you know, had to have men leering at me, like from the time I was, you know, I didn't have a childhood because of that. I'm not saying men don't deal with the same issues and they have their own. So, but like that to me, that's when I think of womanhood and sexuality. When I saw that image, Mm -hmm. that's what I thought of. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, the public arts fund is embracing this. And then I look and Mm -hmm. I see, okay, the public arts will only embrace this if it's like through the woke guise of supporting transgender people. And I'm like, they'll support transgender before they actually embrace real femininity. And that is less taboo because it's so woke Mm -hmm. right now. It's like a hot topic of wokeness, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would never see that by a cis woman. You would never see that kind of art presented or celebrated in the art world at this time by a cis woman. And I think, you know, it's, it's great for trans people. I agree. It's great for them to be able to do it as well, but it's like, let's let us all do it. Let's celebrate all versions of femininity. Not, or that. Yeah. (laughs) Go, go. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's just like they, they, there is a huge long art history issue that, I mean, sure. We haven't embraced transgender, but we've, we have shoved women under the bus and we're, we're, we're talking about trying to break through this, you know, patriarchal, uh, glass ceiling in the art world. And then to embrace the, like, and what, like to me, art is embracing the human experience and art should be about the Mm -hmm. human experience. And Mm -hmm. women have a human experience that involves sexuality. And if we can't open our eyes Mm -hmm. to that as a broader audience and in the mainstream, Mm -hmm. and we have to go get to that through the passageway of like some woke, like small demographic of wokeness that, that takes in, you know, I'm sorry, I'm word Mm -hmm. souping right now, but but I think you know what I'm saying. So you can. uh, Yeah. 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 Totally. It's um, how, yeah. I mean, I think you said it so well, actually. I mean, how, like, how would it look if the art world was to embrace the thing uh, is, like, the, we, we still operate on this Madonna and whore narrative. And, like, as mm-hmm. much as we like to think right. we're embracing women, we're embracing feminism and femininity, it's like feminism is still divided in this schism of, like, yeah. either you're trying to negate womanhood and sexuality and you're a man and you want to compete with the men and be a man, or, um, you know, it's like... I mean that that and we you had some sorry I'm running all over your questions but uh, you had a question in there about what do I think of feminism and art and I don't really I have a hard time with the word feminism because mm-hmm. it to me um generally when I see people use the word feminism it means co-opting being a man and trying to be a man and fight in the patriarchy mm-hmm. as a man and mm-hmm. you know disavowing your womanhood and I mm-hmm. think Yes. Yeah. And that is sort of like, that's my issue with the word feminism and feminist art and blah, 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 because I don't Mm want to be a man. I think women, and you also had another question that was like, are women art? And I think women are the original art. Um, I think Mm. women, we we launch ships, we move mountains, wars were fought for us, you know? Um, And I think that's why, because women move everything we literally move the semen into us like the semen comes into mm-hmm. us and we create we move life through the world we are the conduit of life so we are the original standing art 
Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm going all over the place. I love that. Um, but that's so beautiful. How, okay, no, keep going. Did you have? But yeah, like this, the 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 women as art were originally co-opted because because we are the art. Like the patriarchy was fearful mm-hmm. of our power. So they co-opted us as objects in paintings and that we, they took away our ability to be artists because, you know, our naked bodies, the muse, all these ideas mm-hmm. of like the muse and, you know, the male artist painting the woman, the male gaze, all that stuff. That is just sort of like the fear of the patriarchy co-opting women as, you know, as the object that, and then just taking women out of the conversation. And that was sort of born out of fear where Mm -hmm. women, and because it was recognized and it was feared that women were the original art and and were moving the economy Mm -hmm. and whatever the economy was in the fucking middle ages, uh, like around them, (laughs) you know, Uh, and society was built around that. That's, that's how I see it. Um, Yeah. So how would you define feminism if you could define it any way you wanted to? Like if you could make feminism be anything you wanted it to be, what would you have it be? If I had to say it succinctly, it would be like the worshiping of the goddess, um, Mm. like the uh, acknowledgement and the celebration of the goddess. I really, I am not anti-patriarchy because I have learned to live my life in such, and, and you know, I don't think the patriarchy is great. I don't think that I can single-handedly topple the patriarchy either. And I don't think me screaming and yelling and bitching is going to make a difference either. So I, and like, I'm kind of that, that's just kind of the kind of person I am. I'm more of like an acceptor of the way things are and how am I going to milk it and change it and figure it out. And some people, you know, some people want to change the world. That's not really like, uh, I don't really see it that way all the time. I think I can change things around me, but the way that I've learned to do it is that like, I think I kind of milk the patriarchy to serve me. Uh, Like uh, I really see the patriarchy as serving women. You know, it's like if women have the balls to own up into their power and, and uh, claim their sexuality and their beauty as their own uh, property and, and use that like, like you have in your art um, in a lot of ways. Um, Well, you know, if they can do that, then then the patriarchy works for them. However, the art world doesn't want that. You know, it's still <laughs> <laughs> the art exactly. world is gonna is gonna shit on that because Wait. they don't want yeah. that fucking. You know, <laughs> as soon as you do that, the art world then doesn't like you. Yeah, because, and that, that's out of fear. because why? Yeah, because once you co-opt yeah. your sexuality, it takes the stick out of their ass that makes them so important and high and mighty, and like you know. <laughs> It's just too raw for the art world. The art world, the art world yeah. thrives on you know inflating things with with bullshit, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's not bullshit. Sometimes there's incredible things that are accepted in the art world, like Julie Maritou is like you know she's an incredible female artist that fits very well into the feminist art mm-hmm. paradigm because her work is you know it's not about sexuality at all. It's about you know governments and it's about like the sociopolitical and it's like, she has her own language and she's incredible in that way. I mean, do you know who Julie Maritou is? She does those like mm-hmm. really layered crazy. Anyways, I saw her thing at the, um, I think it's at Guggenheim or sorry, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Whitney. Um, but like, you know, and, and she was celebrated at the Whitney as like a female artist because she makes work that is not about sexuality and it's very easy to accept, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and she could be a male artist, but she's female. And that's exactly what the art world loves. It's like, and, mm-hmm. and I think she's fucking incredible. No, no, like no put down to her at all. But, um, but she could be a male artist. It's like the same thing. Her work is not about 
being female. And I think if you're going to talk about feminist art, first of all, it shouldn't be called feminist if it's just a woman <laughs> doing work that a man mm-hmm. would do. And second of all, like, you know, it's like bitching about the patriarchy to me still isn't feminist art because it's not talking about the female experience. It's just bitching about the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's still like, it still feeds into the narcissism of the patriarchy. Whereas like the experience mm-hmm. of being a woman, you know, the experience of feeling creation in your body is a unique experience to women. And if I had to redefine feminism, it would be in art, it would be art that is about the experience of holding the creation of the universe in your body and, and the sexuality mm-hmm. and driving the world, moving the world around you through mm-hmm. your body and your, and by, when I say body, I don't mean like your Botoxed up, like I'm not, no offense to people that do Botox. I've done Botox before, by the way, but, um, <laughs> but like, it's not about, you know, like looking like some like, social media filter uh, and that that's not the body. I'm talking about like the embodiment of the feminine, like mm-hmm. the embodied woman and the woman that gives birth, the woman that channels life, the woman that mm-hmm. doesn't have to give birth but channels sensuality, that is woman. And you can be a woman and make mm-hmm. art that's not about that. And and that's a different thing. But if it's if I had to redefine feminist art, it would be art that is about the creative uh, goddess channeling life in her body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Well, there are a few things I want to talk about. Okay, well, let's start with Talk to me about how sexuality appears in your work. Um, so a lot of my work is uh, more about like the woman like liberated of like the sexual confines that and the sexual constructs that we see in, you know, like ad campaigns and the world around us, the way that we, you know, see women presented on Instagram. Like I tend to do things that are like kind of ritualistic in my mm. art. I take... I usually go with like one woman who like is like a muse or, and maybe I'll take like one other person to kind of like be a bodyguard. And I go into a place that's very unfamiliar and very usually abandoned and usually trespassing or, you know, um, and we'll sort of just like, I guess get really witchy and just start Mm -hmm. like channeling, like usually like dancing, walking around the space Mm -hmm. and just like, it's just like I, tr- my, my art really, and my, my photography, at least this photography I'm talking about, is about like removing myself. It's like more of a ritual of removing myself from like capital society, from normal society, and finding a space where like we can just channel witchy energy, mm-hmm. channel the space, channel the, um, channel our like our bodies outside of these constructs of how we're supposed to be presented as sexual. So like, you know, I'll often have women like get naked in this space, but the nakedness is so different than you think of nudity because we're like alone and we're in some crazy abandoned space and like the wreckage around you is so piercing and just um, sort of channeling that. I think like the sexuality, like sexuality is like, I think of sexuality as this very witchy, like channeling, like movement of, Mm. of uh, energies. And I don't, it's not portrayed that way mm-hmm. in the media. It's like sexuality is, oh, do you look like fucking Jessica Rabbit? You know, do you like, are you batting your eyelashes like Betty Boop? Like that's like the most like, you know, corny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do that too. I do all that shit. That's all part of like, that's mm-hmm. like the part of the disguise, but like real, like core sexuality. Like I felt it since I was eight years old, since I started going through puberty, I felt it in my loins. And like, I felt men looking at me 
before they could see that I was coming, you know, like I walked behind them and I'd see them turn around because I know that energy, it's like a, it's something that is, it's way beyond what you look like. It's, mm-hmm. it's a deep ancestral, like energy. That's, it's a spiritual energy, you know? And like, it gets lost mm-hmm. in all the noise of, of fucking, um, you know, advertisement can, and like, you know, social uh-huh. media, all this bullshit, like what we try to say that it's like it's something we can control, something that is a specific way of looking, but it really is like it. I think the witches were burned at the stake. I'm sure they were all sexy motherfuckers, you know, because they were the ones <laughs> fucking with the Absolutely. energy around them. And like, I really do think that sexuality mm-hmm. is like this magical energy. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you heard of glamour magic? No. Sprays? Oh, I haven't read about it, but I, recently, but it, you're making me think of it. What uh, is it? Just like the, oh gosh, I'm not going to, I read about it a while ago. Is it like a spiritual But I think thing? It, it's just a, it's, it's like a witchy magical practice in which you use glamour to uh, cast the spell I like both that. on yourself and on others. Yeah. I it's like pretty that. cool. Glamour yeah, magic. I'm gonna look into. I'm yeah. like, I busted out right. my boat, and I'm gonna look into the glamour magic because yes. maybe that's what, kind of what I'm talking about in terms yeah. of like we know, like acknowledging that the energy comes from this like deep spiritual right. psychic place, but then using all the tropes of modern society layered mm-hmm. on top of that to fuck with people's heads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Glamour magic, the witchcraft and- revolution to get you what you want. <laughs> <laughs> It's choosing something yeah, you wear, like- such as jewelry and cosmetics, and imbuing it with. Okay, so, and I, yeah, I totally feel that. <sighs> I love that you're. Yeah, you're talking about a sexuality that's just very powerful, full of agency, full, full of, in a way, varying uh, angles. It's not like simple. It's not demure. It's not passive. It's a real like active. I would say colorful almost in a lot of your images, but um, sometimes distressing maybe, or not distressing, but like, uh, hmm, I'm not sure what the right word is. Dramatic, just very dramatic. Um, your your images are so striking. I, I use the like, word visceral like sometimes. Visceral because it. they they speak visceral, to you on like a gut it. level, and I'm trying to get people. I'm because yes. kind of, there's so much noise right now. It's like even being a photographer, I'm tired of like saying I'm a photographer because everyone's a fucking photographer. There's so many images we're oversaturated <laughs> in imagery, and we're oversaturated, mm-hmm. especially in imagery of hot girls. So it's like you know, it's like to to show mm-hmm. a woman naked in this modern world is a whole different thing. Like it used to be some controversy. It's like think of you know like like when uh like uh what was that the painting of the, the first painting of the nude woman with her legs over? What's it, it called? Like the, the, yeah, the uh, beginning of, of the, the world? world, the origin of the world, the origin yeah, of the moon. Yeah. So like that was so controversial. And like now it's like everyone's looking at Pornhub 10 times a day. And it's like, so it says like the oversaturation um, is, <laughs> is like, it makes just the idea of being a photographer, you know, kind of, uh, and even in my lifetime, like since I first picked up a camera when it was special to pick up a camera in like the early 2000s and you were like special because you could take a picture and you had a camera to to like now when it's like, you know, I'm out there with my like, 
you know, I just got a Leica. So I'm out there with my Leica and everyone's taking pictures on their phone. I'm like, is this any different really? You know, it's like, a, what there used to be this like weight that it had to me that I had this object I had to lug around the world. Right. And now it's not like that anymore. Now it's just like, every, every, there's photos of everything. So it's like a way to, like if I, I try to show images that really like, cut through the noise of just our oversaturation and get to something really visceral and speak to you on like this like mm-hmm. guttural level where like, you know, you see mm-hmm. a woman and she's beautiful, but she's like just incredibly powerful and just like casting a spell around her and just moving the world around her and, and in this world that's just, you know, utterly destroyed. And that's, that's why I show those images. That's why I, I go so to great lengths to create those images. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like, Honestly, I didn't really know what I was pursuing. It was more just like I just felt compelled that I had to start pursuing these things. And then it became, it sort of snowballed into like a thing that I pursued more heavily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So like what, let's talk about motherhood creation. Talk uh, the, the idea, well, I mean, there are a few questions in here, but the idea of creation in relation to art and how, how perhaps you do that or how you imagine doing it or how you see people doing it. I mean, I guess, yeah, let's start there and then. Yeah. Um, go. So it's interesting um, how motherhood has changed my relationship to art um, very concretely that like, I don't sneak into abandoned buildings anymore because I can't get fucking arrested because mm. I have a child. <sighs> and it's like, it's a different thing. It's like, you know, like the, the risks that I take, in pursuit of art and the way that I structure my life, the free time. And as I'm sure you like know how that goes, it's like the, um, like, you know, I, I remember you did your, your uh, solo, solo uh, trip in like, you did a trip in the middle of nowhere and like was Arizona mm-hmm. and you went on like a fuck, yeah. you know, it's like, you just went like in a deep pursuit of your art. And like, I had so much respect for mm-hmm. that. I love that series. Um, because it's just like women alone in the woods, like uh, pondering sexuality. And it's like, you know, before you have a kid, like you have time to do that sort of thing. You have, you can mm-hmm. wonder what your sexuality is. And I think it's really important to do that before you have a child, because it's like mm-hmm. understanding your sexuality on that level. It, it kind of like helps you, but it helps you be a con like become a conduit for life. But it, it really is transformative when it comes to like sexuality, having a child, because it's like, you're taught to think of your breasts as play things and your pussy is, mm-hmm. you know, like something to stick a dick in. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're giving life out of your pussy and your your tits mm-hmm. are like these things that that are feeding a child. And it's like you never had conceived of yourself. And I was so unprepared for that metamorphosis, you know, because mm-hmm. in this day and age, like the way motherhood is presented, if at all, it's like it's presented in the form of like commodities. It's like, oh, diapers. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty mm-hmm. baby carriages. How has becoming a mother changed your art? Um, that's a great question. So, um, before, you know, before I became a mother, uh, I spent a lot of time kind of pondering sexuality and, you know, the, the, there was a, um, there was a dichotomy in my mind. There was like sort of a little, like a butting heads between like the capitalist, uh, idea of what my body is. My body is like this sex toy. My body's used to market beer. My body's used, you know, as a woman, my body's used to, you know, be a hot chick getting into a club or, you know, be a plus one to a dude and make him look good. And then there is like the 
power I felt in my sexuality, which I was talking about earlier, like the like the power that sort of drives the universe, the the witchy power that's like sort of like the the goddess feminine. And so like a lot of my work was sort of about the sort of belittling and uh, corrupting and um, co-opting of that power into some kind of ad campaign and, you know, how I felt that that was like sort of a rebellion against that. And a lot of the work where I went into abandoned buildings and like, you know, got naked and and ran around and, and channeled energies, that was sort of, that was my work before I had a child. Um, and I, you know, I had a kid four years ago and this met, like, I wasn't really, I was not prepared to have a child. It wasn't like something I'd planned on doing. It was just like kind of all of a sudden happened to me and I couldn't say no to it. Um, and it so deeply changed my, my viewpoint of my body. Cause I, you know, before I had a child, like my breasts were, you know, fun bags for men to play with. And my, my pussy was something that, you know, I thought of, you know, did it smell good enough for a dick to be put in it? You know, like, does it, you know, like, is it, is it, does it look nice enough? Is it, is it maintained enough to look good? You know, if someone takes a naked picture of me or it's like, you know, it's sort of like comparing and, and, and as much as I was like in my art sort of rebelling against it, I was still comparing myself to like pornography. And I still do that by the way. But you know, it's like, I, I just thought about my body in terms of like the male gaze in terms of pornography. And I still do. That's just how I am. But giving birth uh, opened up this whole new pathway to me because all of a sudden my pussy, which was, you know, like the fun, the, the, the toy for, for a penis, all of a sudden my pussy created a human and just like the washing, it's like almost like when, when the child mm -hmm. came out of my pussy, it like washed all of the like sort of like ownership that I thought men had over my pussy away. And I realized mm -hmm. like the strength of giving life that being a woman is, you know, it just really changed my attitude toward myself and my respect toward myself, my respect toward my vagina. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's like my breasts, which I'd always just looked at. I was, and I was all into free the nipple and like, you know, Oh, we shouldn't hide our breasts, like blah, blah, blah. But like when I actually gave, this was before I had a kid, when I actually gave birth and my, and I, I was a woman that had a lot of breast milk. I was just like, it was just like my breasts got massive and they were just like, my baby would like almost choke on the milk. There was so much of it. Um, and I realized like my breasts are not fun bags for men to play with. My mm -hmm. breasts actually give life, you know, mm -hmm. I, and they're great fun bags. But like, I was just this incredible power I felt mm -hmm. of being a woman, this incredible respect I felt for myself. I think mm -hmm. I was living most of my life running around being like a little fantasy for men. And then once I gave birth, I just really began to respect my body and mm -hmm. respect my my womanhood as the source of creation, the source mm. of life. And that's like sort of also opened up my eyes to like seeing the inverse reality of the patriarchy and how it can serve us. Um, but anyways, that, I mean, I'm still finding my legs in terms of what I want to make art about uh, after having given birth, because I don't really want to make art about sexuality anymore. I feel like I've explored that. And I, you know, I'm, I probably still will make some art about sexuality, but, um, you know, it's like the way that I'm like, like, like feeling my woman's sexuality, like, I, you know, I want to, I, there's other things that I want to explore. And it's like using these other muses, a lot of times the muses were like channeling my feelings about myself. And um, after giving birth, like, I feel like somehow that it's all been like grounded um, in my body. And I don't need to like, you know, move that energy through other women to explore it because like, giving birth has sort of like 
given me that the power that I was like seeking through doing all that kind of art, oh. you know? Um, oh, so, <laughs> so I'm still kind of like figuring out, like I want to make art about bigger things um, that not that that's not a big thing. It's a huge thing, but I, I I'm still figuring out like where I want to go with my art. Um, and ever since giving birth, like I was sort of doing some stuff with like, conjuring you know like visual like doing painting and blah but i don't know if that's really getting to the core of what i need mm -hmm. to make art about so I, you know i think that art art in general goes in like it ebbs and flows and phases in your life and like for a while there after i gave birth i was just channeling all of my energy and all of my creative energy and all of my energy in general into my child which was beautiful and i'm so happy that i did that at that time because it i see it reflected back at him by the way like my mm -hmm. son like he's an incredible artist like and he's incredibly mm -hmm. skilled at drawing and all I did was like draw with him and I like rediscovered my love of drawing yeah. like physical drawing wow. um which I'd sort of just like shoved aside because you know <laughs> I was like I didn't think I was good enough to be really you know a drawer and then mm -hmm. I discovered cameras and I just like souped it up with the photoshop and all my, the things that I could do so quickly and so powerfully and that is just driven in that direction and you know I use a lot of mediums but like I sort of rediscovered my love for like analog mm -hmm. more like juvenile like um, because, you know, like with my son, it's like with a young child, like the most you rediscover every little mm -hmm. thing from childhood. So it's like you relive your childhood and you relive the, the feeling of singularity, which I think that a lot of young people are mm -hmm. robbed of. But until like the age of four or whatever, before, you know, I mean, I think like, let's hope that you're not putting an iPhone in your kid's face when they're born. Um, but like before a certain age when they're going to discover like, you know, the social media and the, you know, the, like, it's not even social media. It's just like the constant broadcasting of our existence to everyone. And I, I it still affects my son. Cause I'm always taking pictures and sending them to people and he's aware. But, um, I think that a lot of people in this era are robbed of what I consider like the singularity that I had when I was a child, because I remember sitting in a room and drawing and there was no one else in the world, you know, like they, the analog, like book the analog uh the crayons like the just paper and crayons like there's nothing else in the world and having that singularity it doesn't exist for a lot of kids now because they don't they actually don't get to experience that and i sort of relived that with my child and it drew me back into some you know kind of more fundamental art concepts that i had as a younger person so like i don't know um in terms of like where my personal art is going like I have not really been producing a ton of personal art in the past couple of years. I've been more doing projects and working on like other projects and I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing like, you know, stuff. And, but um, I, I do think it's coming. It's just like kind of going to be this yeah. like bigger, bigger shift. That's going to be bigger things. Mm -hmm. You're, I mean, it sounds like you're, uh, absorbing just or you're figure well you're still figuring it out or you're marinating yeah. is that the word that I'm you're just like in getting it, like, all this stuff and then it's gonna come out you know when it's you know my be. and also like uh, over the course of of a few years when I've been working and like more of like I mean, I, the work that I do for like, um, you know, I work with a nightclub and I've done a lot of freelance work with like doing advertising and campaigns and all this stuff. And I, it starts to like help me see how people's minds are affected. And I don't want to be an advertiser. I want to be an artist at the end of the day, you know, but, um, 
like, I think I've gotten a much more keen sense of how to reach people and how to speak directly Mm -hmm. to people and how to make people not look away and get a message across. And it's more like the searching of like, what message do I want to to Uh give? What message do I want to focus on? You know? So is that, um, so what would you say then is, is what you've learned about advertising through working on that side? Are you saying it's the learning how to really hone in on the message or talk more about that? Um, I just learned how to like through doing advertising and through doing a bunch of graphic design and doing, you know, like campaigns. I've worked with like Usher, like a bunch of, you know, like doing, doing graphic design for those people. Like there's a way to communicate visually. That's like, it's much more punchy than the work I used to do. It's like, I used to just sort of like mess around with like, you know, kind of like dreams and ideas I have. And like, that's beautiful. I think that was like part of my early exploration. Like I would just sort of like just pursue like my own voice. And that is, that is like something I want to bring into it. But now I sort of have this other side of like knowing how to just create imagery that's very punchy and attention grabbing and, um, and communicates very directly. It was Mm -hmm. like, it's like artsy versus advertising. (laughs) And it's like, and like, I want to kind of like fuse the two to get a message across, but. Oh, cool. You know, I'm still trying to really, Yeah. I just say I actually have like a story literally about that. Um, It was in 2011 and I had submitted artwork to an open studio and I was accepted. And then when I submitted my sort of feature image for, sorry, this is the West Chelsea artist open studio. So in New York city, when I submitted my image, the director said, basically we're kicking you out because this image is an ad and not art. And you are a commercial entity and not an artist. And I was just like, was it, was it sexual? Um, so it was, uh, I mean, I think all of my work, some people would say is sexual, but it's just, it was a, I, um, gosh, what was it? It was a Skype remake of a Skype sort of screen and it had a URL on it. And it had, I was like lying on the bed, but there was no nudity. And then it was like a split screen of like a photo of me lying on a bed and a photo of a man lying on a bed. I think like having a rose or something. I guess I didn't know. Was you advertising for like your cam girlness? Like that's what they they were trying? I think that's what they thought it was. Um, See, I love how you like take like (laughs) you co-opt women's sexuality and then you kind of fly it in the face of like, okay, you know, I'm not like, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to show this back to you. Like I, like I saw in um, the thing you did with uh, at Emerald's gallery, is it called mm. Green Gallery? Yeah. Yeah. In, in Green Gallery in, in LA. And like you had um, like an Instagram image and then you had a piece yeah. of paper that went all the way across the gallery saying all the comments that these men made about that one image, which was, you know, just an image of your ass or something. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I thought that was so powerful because it was just like, it was throwing something that was there like back in your face and presenting it in this way that you were owning the way that it was being presented mm-hmm. and you were owning, you know, it's like this, like even just, it was just showing like the cognizance of what was actually happening there. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like a lot of people are like buying into the social media um, construct and the likes and the addiction and the, and they're not really like under, they're not really taking a step back and seeing it for what it really is, which is like this like 
just ridiculous reaction. It's just, just seeing the physical paper and seeing how long it was and seeing like what it was coming from, which was like a picture of an ass, you know? And then mm-hmm. it's like this massive reaction from that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of totally. like you're sitting there being like, what is our world coming to? Mm-hmm. But you know, probably the people looking at you and probably a lot of women too in that space are like, oh, you just want people to like your ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Well, and it's and actually, like- it's actually a diptych. So it's that piece. And then it's a second piece, which is a photo from my art Instagram, a photo of my face. And then uh, there are like 10 comments on it. So it's also kind of, it's yeah. also a commentary on just the difference between putting your ass or your face online, The at least in my experience, the number of reactions it gets. And the reactions are actually really fascinating and crazy too. You're just like, the comments are just like a hoot. Yeah. Like when I first I mean, started, I would just read them just for entertainment. I was just like, what? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. And it's just like social commentary on like, first of all, yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that hits. It's like, you know, what are yeah. people reacting to? Why are people sitting mm-hmm. there reacting to that when they you know, could be living their lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and is that, is that actually sexuality? Like are people mm-hmm. actually like, I don't know. I, like I said, like, I think of sexuality as this cosmic thing and it's been sort mm-hmm. of like twisted into mm-hmm what you put on display so physically mm-hmm. in that um in that like Instagram picture and the fucking the rollout of all the the attention that it's getting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's just interesting. Um mm. so I really loved that. I wish I could have gone and seen it by the way. Oh me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. You know, well you're gonna tell me next time you're going to LA, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure yeah, at will. the same time. Um uh Let's see. Um, anything? I don't know. Anything else that comes to mind? Let me check my questions because I love that you did yeah, take care of most of them. Like, um, yeah. Anything else? Oh, one thing actually, uh, I'd be curious to hear you talk about a bit more is um, how the place of women in and or as art has changed over time and across different media. Because I right. feel like so something. I definitely sorry, touched on some of this, but yeah. yeah. So I just want to say because I'm very curious because you know you do so much photography, but you're also involved with the box, right? So you're also very engaged with performance. Um, so I feel like you yeah. just have a sight onto a lot of different media and ways of creating art. Yeah, uh, and that's sort of part of why I don't consider myself a photographer anymore mm-hmm. because it's just you know there's just I don't think it's I don't think it's cool to limit yourself, but um, you know. Like I was saying earlier, um, initially, like, w- you know, women women have, and people in general, but I think more poignantly women have embodied, like, art. Like, I see an artist that everyone can celebrate and acknowledge and love, even, like, the f- world of women-type feminists, um, Frida Kahlo. Like, she... Um, her paintings were incredible, but that was not her main art. Like she lived her life as a muse, as an artist. She dressed herself in this incredible way. Like she moved in the world in a certain way. And in my mind, like that was her art. Her art was the way that she moved in the world. And I think originally, you know, before um, women were even involved in the art world, um, before women's images were co-opted, you know, by early, you know, Renaissance painters as just bodies, um, you know, women moved in the world in such a way that was art. Um, and it just, they were art. They embodied art. They probably made art too, but they were, I think that, you know, 
before the patriarchy really got a hold of it, like women were acknowledged as art and also in other cultures treated it as property and whatever, you know, like that was, but that was what, that was what instigated the, the, the sort of the, um, <clears throat> the subjugating of the, women. Um, well, that's what they do the, with art too. They trade it. <laughs> they exactly. Buy it. And then they were subjugated to subjects, uh, you know, naked subjects of art and they're, they're, their sexuality and their beauty is like, you know, belittled into this object that was painted by a man and all credit was given to a man. And mm-hmm. I, there's another thing I wanted to touch on, which is that like, I, I think like a lot of women, like a lot of the, what, what I think of as art in the days that women were subjugated in that way. I think a lot of people that were artists, honestly, the only way to really be an artist and take agency of your sexuality and your femininity was to be a mistress or a whore because those women were really actually taking, um, agency over their their if, if you want to take early feminist art i think being a whore is early feminist art because yeah. those were the women that were actually taking agency and i'm not you know i'm not talking about like a, the destitute whore that you think of in the i'm talking about like the courtesans the women that used their sexuality to their advantage um because they couldn't be artists they weren't acknowledged in the art world but you know they created a, a like they took power over the, their image and their their selves and their their way of moving in the world and they you know climbed and it wasn't just being a quote-unquote whore it was like you know these women would like sleep their way to the top or they would you know be so, like beautiful they would create themselves in a way that you know made men sort of like worship them even through the patriarchy and then they would kind of climb to the top of it and that was sort of like all they could do because they were so subjugated um but you know, eventually, um, after after you know centuries of women just being like subjects of art, eventually, like you know, we broke through that shit. Uh, you know, in like the '60s, <laughs> and you know, women were sort of more represented. Um, but you know, like I said, there's very few representations in the in the major art world of actual women's sexuality, mm-hmm. like by women. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like. Is can, there any? Can, Are there any? Yeah, Are there who any- can you think of? Um, I actually wrote some people down. Like, like, oh, excellent. Not in the not in the major art world, right? Like, not right. really. There are. None, I really right? can't think of one. I can't. Think I really of can't one think of either. one. I mean, like, like. So, I have a friend who you t- talked about box performers. Uh, my friend, and she's an incredible artist, um, Narcissister. Mm. She, uh, she has an anonymous. By the way, which is hilarious to me because, like, she goes, she has, like, she always wears a mask over her face. And you can look her up, narcissister. Like, her mask looks like a Barbie doll. And um, you never see who she actually is. I think part of that is because, you know, if she had a real identity, I don't think her art would be as successful. She's been in major grants. She's gotten, she's, I think she's gotten in like some major museums. Like, I think she was in some Whitney show or something, you know. And she, I, I don't think she's mainstream at all. I don't think a lot of artists and galleries know about her, but she has had a, like some successes in major galleries and major museums. Uh, I think in part because she doesn't have a real identity because her her identity is shielded, but she shows herself naked in her art. She pulls things out of her vagina. She's very head on. She's very full on in terms of addressing like sexuality. She does these incredible shows at the box where she kind of goes through the entire life cycle of a typical woman from like birth to like first kiss to getting married and all these these are all and she does this using puppets on her feet while her vagina 
she always wears a Merkin and her vagina's there. And like when the two people get married, she sticks like a candle and a wedding cake in her vagina. And then like they get married and then they turn into, they, they start fucking and her feet start fucking each other. And like, it's sort of like this like breakdown. It's to the song forever young. And it's this like breakdown of like the life cycle of a typical woman. All the meantime, it's like her legs and her vagina are like putting on this show. And it's just like so powerful. Um, and she made this incredible film about her mother, which I don't know how one can see it, but she made this incredible film that was like just about her mother's role in her life. Um, but anyways, I'm going on a bit of a tangent on that, but and I don't even remember the original question. Um, but um, she, yeah. Artists, artists who, who do represent their sexuality in art, basically. Yeah, there's not a lot there. of them. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. really not a lot of them. And I feel like, you know, um, like I have a friend, uh, Katarina Jinikova, who I'll give you her Instagram. You can put it yeah. in the notes. Um, she she represents motherhood in a way that I think is, you know, and she's sort of been accepted. Like I said, all, all these people are like fringe art world people. Like they're getting yeah. into the big galleries. It's just starting to happen now. You know, like Narcissister, I would say, is definitely more fringy than Katarina, who's like, you know, um, like Jerry Saltz has blogged about her and stuff. And Jerry Saltz, mm -hmm. by the way, is like one of the few people in the major art world that I think does acknowledge like mm -hmm. women's art that is about sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate him a lot for that. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, Katarina, she, she shows these, she paints these women with like 10 breasts and they're like all mm -hmm. like leaking all over her kids. And like, she just shows like these real kind of like uh, depictions of like what being a mother is like. Um, and they're, but they're paintings. So I think it's a little easier to digest. You know, they're, they're not cartoonish per se, but they're not very realistic. They're just these like beautiful paintings, um, that show it in like a way that's like kind of whimsical and fun. And I love that about her. Uh, I love that about her work. And it's, it really shows like if I had seen that work before I had a child, I would have probably understood what motherhood was like more, you mm -hmm. know, I just, I mean, I don't know how you feel about like, like your entree into motherhood and what actually giving birth and being a mother is like, did you feel prepared for it? Um, no, I had no idea what it was going to be like at all. The act of giving birth, and the act of like being pregnant. Society. Yeah. And I took all those classes, you know, I took all the classes, I talked to people and I still feel like I had absolutely no idea until I was there. Um, I feel like yeah. in American capitalist culture, we're just so unprepared for the transformation into yeah. like, it's like, it's like one day you're a hot girl and you know, you're like <laughs> running around and everyone, you know, wants to fuck you. And the next day you're Madonna, you know, and you're, and like, and that's like a spiritual transformation. And just like the, like, mm -hmm. sort of like the whole every day, like reality of how strong you have to be, to be a mother, how much of a warrior, like people think of, you know, you don't, you don't hear this like deference to mothers that the way that like other cultures have you know it's like like oh how cute your little baby oh you're a mother oh mommy let's wear pink and like you know let's like you know bottles and blah, blah. and no like your breasts are exploding with milk you're leaking all over yourself you're like you're you have to squat down and give birth to a baby like that is just like it's just si i feel it's totally sidelined in our culture yeah oh yeah I, I am like constantly thinking still that how amazed I am at how many people both that I know and obviously people I don't know who have done it and how I just have such a renewed respect and awe for basically all women, all mothers. I mean, it's just incredible what, what they go through, what yeah, we go and, through. 
And there's so little acknowledgement of it. You know, it's like you see these celebrity moms like give birth yeah. and it's like, you know, and they're back to, and like, I feel like a yeah. lot of women are sort of robbed of the initial stages of motherhood, which mm-hmm. like, you know, and in some cultures it's like, there's these 40 days and you don't even mm-hmm. like leave your house and mm-hmm. you don't even like, um, it's like the holy like bonding mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, I think it perpetuates kind of like, um, attachment issues um, mm-hmm. to just have like, like, I mean, for instance, my mom was kind of like a, um, she was like an eighties wave, you know, feminist. And she, you know, gave birth to me. And like two weeks later was back in work. And, oh like, my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And like, because wow. that's how, that, that's what feminism was. It was extreme right. in those days. Like the way right. I talk about how feminism is co-acting being a man. Like in those days yeah. in the eighties, my mom was in tech in the eighties. And yeah. in those days it was like, you know, if you weren't a man, like you could have two weeks to be a woman. And then if you weren't a man again, you're fucked. You know? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's like, that's like, I can't even imagine that. That's amazing. But um, I would love, I would love to see more real depictions of like actual motherhood actually. Cause that's a huge yeah. fucking part of being a woman. It's a huge part of, and like, you don't see a lot of depictions of children. You don't want to see depictions. Yeah. Like this is part of our life at our, like, it's yeah. like, you know, capitalism glorifies, you know, sexuality in your twenties as it is, is like just pure sex. And like, that's great. But you know, mm-hmm. you just don't, it's not rounded. You don't see mm-hmm. the different stages of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I love that. I would, I would love to see, I was also trying to think about that. I was like, can I really think of, many examples of motherhood. I think of like Louise Bourgeois because Mm -hmm. she has like some depictions of like, like Mm -hmm. when you look deeper into her work, but it's like, she's famous for giant spiders because those are asexual, you know? Right. Exactly. (laughs) So it's it's just funny. Like the work that gets the spotlight is either the asexual work or the work of transgender people that is about sexuality that they've co-opted. Yes, totally. (laughs) That is a perfect summary of the state of art right now. It really is. (laughs) Okay. Anything else you want to add? That's no, I think we're good. Line. Okay. Thank you so much. That was Laura. awesome. And let's so... have a call. Yes, we will. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. You spoke so well and right, you brought you. up like all the great issues. <laughs> so have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye. This has been the Women as an Art podcast hosted by me, Leah Schrager. Please visit womenasanart.com for more information and to find us on socials. Thanks.